Well, welcome everybody to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am one of your co-hosts, John Robb, joined here by my excellent co-host, Jeff Bears. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing great. I'm so excited about our guest today. We have a fantastic show for you guys today. Uh, I want to remind you all first that all of our books are brought to you by all of our shows are brought to you by Kensington Books. So visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information. The latest magazine is out. If you want to check out suspensemagazine.com for everything else, uh, we got you covered. But we are very excited to be speaking for the first time with none other than uh, number one best-selling author Janet Ivanovich speaking about Twisted 26, which is the 26th novel in the Stephanie Plum series. So, Janet, how are you doing? Thanks so much for coming, uh, coming on with us. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. And, um, you know, looking forward to talking about Twisted 26 and many other things. I'm, yeah, we I'm got a lot of anything. We got a lot of things in Ooh. store, I'm sure. <laughs> well, let's just dive right in. Uh, it comes out November the 12th, but this interview will probably be after the 12th, so it'll be available in any format you want to buy the books. Uh, it'll be out there. So Twisted 26, give us a little taste about what you got Stephanie uh, into this time. Um, this is, uh, a lot of this is about her grandma, Grandma Mazer. Grandma Mazer is such a fan favorite, and I hadn't spent a lot of time with her lately, so um, I thought I would do actually a couple books because there's a um, an ending here that continues on to the next book. The next book um, leaves off the numbers. We are we are getting rid of numbers. Yay! I um, <laughs> I couldn't come up with any more number titles, so. The book after this one is actually number 27, but we're calling it Fortune and Glory. Um, it's my sort of ode to Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I'm willing to steal from nice. anyone. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, um, and a lot of people don't realize that that, that that line actually came out in the Temple of Doom, you know. Yes, so, yes, it yeah. did. Yeah, I know my Indiana Jones, too. I'm with you. Okay, we're set it. then. Yeah, <laughs> so it. this is... This is a big adventure um, with Grandma Mazer. She was married for 45 minutes to some um, killer mob guy. And, um, and now uh, his, his friends think that she has the key to a fortune that he left. Uh, and it's all about uh, finding the key um, and saving Grandma Mazer. And, you know, all those fun things, right? You know, lots of killers and, um, you know, um, pyromaniacs. And, of course, we destroy a couple cars and, you know, all, all the usual stuff. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, well, I, I read it and I absolutely loved it. And uh, my review will get posted next week, just so you know. Um, I wrote the AP review that will come out. Um, and I'm so thrilled that you focused on my personal favorite character, Grandma Mazer. And um, I'm wondering, when you were writing this particular book about her and focusing on her, did you learn something about her that you didn't realize from writing about her 25 previous times? Um, I wouldn't say that I learned something about her, but I think that the readers will. You know, when, um, when you write books, you always know much, much more then you put on the page. You have to. You have to. I, you know, I I have. I keep um, I keep pads, um, notes that I make for myself about the people that are in these stories, and you you usually only you know let the reader in on a few of 
a little bit of that information. I mean, it's just the process. It's just the way that it is. So, um, but in this book, I thought that I, I wanted to make this book a little bit more um, introspective for Stephanie. I think that we learn more about her. We see a lot more about her relationship with Grandma. And, and we learn a lot more about Grandma. We learn that, um, you know, because Grandma is always this, you know, kind of fun character. She's out there. She's um, she's kind of peddling backwards, you know, um, and but but I think you find out that that's not really true. Grandma has a lot behind her. She she has a philosophy of life. She she really knows where she's going. She she has a sense that um, you know, there's a lot of grit to Grandma that we don't always see. We see her as kind of, you know, a foil, kind of a comedy character lots of times because she'll do most anything. But um, you see also that there's this very tender, serious, loving relationship between Grandma and Stephanie. And I, I enjoyed doing that part of it. I you know, lots of times, especially in my books, um, my more recent books, um, sometimes I concentrate more on, I hate to say that they're plot driven because I would, I would never go that far about one of my books, but, um, but, I, but I don't always get into any kind of depth of character. And I thought it was time for the characters to grow a little bit. And that's, that was one of uh, the things that I, um, you know, I look forward to with this book. And it certainly showed. Yeah. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing that you see when, when you do have series that have gone on, like, like yours is 26, is that the, the plots and the character lines are always kind of like they, they, start, they, they start paralleling each other because you kind of have to do both in a book because you kind of have to you know, run it through that well when you're looking like a Law & Order Special Victims Unit or just series that have gone on for a little longer time. So when you have those challenges that you have to do, how difficult is it for you, like you said, you have a pad, but to just, you have to keep those, those character lines straight, and then you've got to bring a plot, you know, you still got to bring that plot that comes in just to the book every single time. So is that a big challenge for you in every, in, you know, in every book? Um, I, I don't know if I would say it's a challenge. I think just writing is a challenge. Uh, I work really hard so that my reader doesn't have to. And I think lots of times people look at what I've done and say, wow, you know, that um, that was easy. She really ripped that one off, you know, because um, because I actually spend a lot of time making it look like, you know, it, it, it was easy, like I just sat down and, you know, the thing just came. But um, it's surprising. The things that actually are challenges – um, for instance, transition. I spend a lot of time looking at transitions, making them seamless so that the reader isn't stopped, you know, and um, because we're moving from scene to scene. Just making that, that transition flow um, without slowing the reader down. You know, those are... Um, those are some of the things that that I find, you know, that I spend a lot of time at. The the relationships between the characters, especially Stephanie and the two men, Joe Morelli and Ranger. I mean, that is flat out the most difficult part of the series. 
keeping that sexual tension alive for all these books. You know, it's like, you know, I started a new book and I'm like, what was I thinking? So how did I even get into this? Because how the heck am I going to pull this off again? And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, the almost the more mechanical things. The two storylines running together, I like to think of it as a, as a braid. You know, you're making a braid. And so you have the plot line and then you have the romance line and then you have the family line. And then you have the personal development for each of the characters that you want to have. Um, sometimes um, there's more growth than others. Uh, and then and then you just you weave these all together, just like you know you were making a braid. Uh, so uh, that's you know that's kind of the way that I look at it. And uh, you know, and sometimes it just it's um, sometimes it's easier than other times. You know, depending upon. Um, how much time I've put in preparing ahead. Sometimes, you know, because life intrudes or I have many projects going at once because I have co-author books or, you know, because I got the flu or whatever. Yeah, you know, time gets to be tighter. And so I don't always have a chance to um, make a, an outline ahead of time. I have a, a very brief outline. I know where I'm going. But I don't know a lot of the detail. I kind of fly by the seat of my pants on some books more than others. And um, so, but when I have that prep time, um, that book, I think it, you know, goes um, faster for me. That's a, that's a more seamless process than when I have to, um, you know, think about it uh, a day ahead of time and I'm kind of plotting out my, you know, all of these different things two to three days ahead. I mean, actually, I do that anyway. When I go to bed at night, I take a steno pad and I write down little notes about what I did that day. And then I make notes for myself about where I want to go tomorrow and the day after so that I have a little bit more detail um, two to three days in front of myself and, and I can move through that way. So I probably answered like like maybe not the question yes, but lots of stuff, right? That was good though. You just I love it. Love it. Yeah. You know, and I want, I'm going to pick out one thing real quick, Jeff, before you talk, because there was one thing that you said very very interesting in there. You said I work hard so my reader doesn't have to, and I've never heard it put that way before, but I think that's a great line that you said. Yeah, I don't. I don't I don't want my readers to have to sit there with a dictionary and look up words, you know. I um uh, I I like to keep it at a very human level. I work very hard at the transitions. I work um very hard at names, hoping that they're memorable. Lots of times I have a lot of new people in a book and I think it's difficult for the reader to keep all of that straight. Um, I try to limit it, you know, as much as I can. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. There are, you know, there are a lot of things. I don't have flashbacks. Um, I know I hate them when I read. I don't want to be bothered with a flashback. I write an entirely linear book so that the reader starts on page one and he just moves through the book until the book is done. Um, You know, there are a lot of those mechanical things. I, I... um, I pay a lot of attention to the music of the page. I think that 
all writers write to, um, you know, a music in their head. And that music is very important because you need to be consistent with it and it needs to be something that the reader can relate to and follow. And that's another mechanical thing that you always need. I, I read aloud to myself a lot, um, especially if I've done narrative. I, I read dialogue aloud um, because I think that then you can really hear the music. You can see if it flows um, and if it's easy for the reader to understand. So, you know, there are all these things that go into, I try to, I try to think of the book as having building blocks, you know, so that you have a chunk of narrative and you have a chunk of dialogue and you have a chunk of action and you, and you constantly are, you know, moving through these building blocks so you don't have 10 pages of narrative because that's so boring you know that and you know I tend to have a lot of dialogue I I like dialogue in my mind I'm, I'm actually doing a movie a television show I see these people walking around and talking to each other and so um, so that results in a lot of dialogue but I personally like dialogue when I read I think that's an easy way to get to know a character I don't like um, I don't like to be told about the character. I like to find out for myself by, you know, the way the way that they react, by their actions, by um, by the way that they talk, the dialogue, the, the use of language that they have. When when I first started writing, I, I really I had no skills. I didn't. I was I was not always um, the kid that wanted to write a book. I was I was the kid that could draw. I majored in fine arts in college. So so I didn't have a lot of skills. And when I first started, I realized that my dialogue sucked. It was really wooden. I had no clue. So I took some improv acting classes. I had a friend who was doing um, theater classes. And it uh, forced me to get up on stage and um, and do improv where, you know, you have to bring props with you and you have to know things about your character. What is it about your, because actors and writers do very similar things. You think about the, um, the character and who they are and how people understand who those characters are by what they do. How do they walk? What kind of hand gestures do they use? You know, what kind of words do they use? How do they tilt their head? All of these things actors do and writers do as well and so you know when i when i got up there on stage and i had to show you know how my character was nervous how my character was angry i mean those that was so invaluable to me you know and those are all the things that i use now as a writer well i have to ask then because you work so hard thinking about all those things when you're putting the words on the page how do you co-write with someone else? Yeah, it's a little like wearing someone else's underpants. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> Hopefully the right size, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's a little uncomfortable process. <laughs> um, I, I've had, uh, and depending upon... In the past, my, my co-authors, um, Fief Sutton, and Lee Goldberg, I mean, we were friends for years before we decided, you know, one night in the bar that we would, hey, let's write a book together. So, um, and 
and now I'm co-authoring with my son. Um, and so the process is usually that we get together ahead of time and we talk about what we want to do, what we want to accomplish. And I let them have their ideas about um, uh, about how they want to set this up. You know, like Lee wanted to do this con man kind of thing. And... Um, and and I I only did a couple books with Fief, which was a, a real a very different experience because Lee Goldberg writes hour long um, series, you know, comedy dramas, and Fief Sutton wrote half hour sitcoms. And so when I would get their manuscripts in, you would you would really see this, you know, like we, we would have this whole structure set up for Fief. And he would he would be going along, and all of a sudden there'd be this little chunk of something that like didn't fit in, and we're like pirates. Where'd the pirates come from? You know, it would be like a half hour sitcom inserted into a three hundred page book. So um, so it's like you kind of have to. I let them I let them write the first draft, and then after we talk about it, they write the first draft, and then they send it in to me, and then I just pick it all apart and send it back to them, and then they, um, you know, kind of put it back together. And then and then it comes to me. And I, I have a team here, um, my daughter, my son, my husband. We all, we all work together. We all edit all of the books. Um, everybody sees it from a different point of view. Um, you know, my daughter does the Gen XX edit and my husband does the transitions and the you know and so when the co-author books come in we all take a look at it we all then edit it from our point of view and sprinkle a little fairy dust on it and you know and, and that's the way it goes out there you know with both of our names on it it's uh and it and it and it really varies you know with everybody's personality um, both Lee and Thief decided after doing a couple books with me, actually uh, Lee and I did quite a few books together, they were going to go back into television. Um, they'd had enough of me, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, they were... They went <laughs> I don't think they had enough set. of you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I'm, I'm working with my son now, who is brilliant. And That's so cool. It is a very, it is a very easy process because he You has tell him what to been, do or you ground him, right? Yeah, no, it's just the opposite. He has worked, you know, he was, he has worked with me for so many years as an editor and has been reading my stuff and has, and, um, we're, we're like a little herd. We move around together. We all live in the same neighborhood. We actually even like each other, you know, they, um, so, you know, everybody's here for dinner and, you know, lunch. See, cause I got a chef, um, because nobody wanted to eat my cooking. And it turns out it's not cost-effective for me. And if you have a chef, your kids come back. You know, everybody wants to eat at your house. So um, I want to eat at your house. Yes, yes, he's excellent. He's really good. You can come over anytime. Oh, I'll 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 give you my address. Yes, you will. So um, he. uh, So so you know we talk a lot. Um, as he's writing the book, you know, he calls up and he says, oh, my God, I just wrote this really great scene. You have to hear this. And he reads me the scene. And it is. It's great. He's um, he's doing the Fox and O'Hare books. He uh, he did um, the last one that was out, and now he's 
Um, he's writing the next one that comes out in, I think it comes out in March. It's a great so, series. Yeah, yeah, cool. and um, yeah, and we had to make we had to make some adjustments. Um, the the big massive con game got very. Um, uh, it, it was just a lot of work. It was it was a lot of work to continue that process. We had to open it up a little bit to other kinds of you know FBI work and. <clears throat> but anyway, we're having we're having a lot of fun with it. That's awesome. Um, so I know you signed with uh, the Story Factory a couple months ago. Um, so wondering, what do you see going forward with your brand? World domination. There it I is. It. New world order. <laughs> I yes. love it. Yes, yes. Um, Shane Salerno is um, nuts. He's He has, you know, I, I imagine this, this guy is having no life. He works all the time. I have never had an agent like this. He's just, he's amazing. You know, I have this, like, image in my mind of, you know, that he goes into the office at, you know, he's on the West Coast, so we have this little bit of time difference. But we, we get these, these so, like, I, I have this image of him, you know, getting, you know, dressed in, I don't know, jeans and a nice shirt, and he gets into his big-ass car, and he goes into his office, and he works all day, and then at, you know, I don't know, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, he comes home, and then by about 2 o'clock in the morning, he's still working, and he's making, you know, like emails and phone calls, and I have this image of him, like, sitting in his house in his boxer shorts, you know, and and, and making phone calls, and, you know, because he doesn't go to bed for only, like, two hours, I think somewhere between the hours of, you know, like, 4 o'clock and in California time at 6 o'clock. <laughs> I don't know, because I don't know how this guy does everything that he does. Right. So, um, yeah, but he uh, he's he's just, he's terrific. He, he just knows so much. He has so many great ideas. And he really um, takes, he works very well with my family. My daughter, Alex, does a lot of interface with the publisher, and she does everything online. Um, she has a couple people working for her, and they do, you know, all my online marketing and publicity and, and social media and that kind of stuff, as, which allows me to do writing, you know, because you just can't do everything. And then Shane comes in, and he just has, like, ideas, you know, shooting off his head like fireworks and working with Alex and it's just it's been it's been a very exciting process so um, when I say world domination like um, actually I mean it (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome I love it yeah 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 now I mean when when you're looking now like I said you got got 26 books and you're going for 27 you already got the title and and you're going to look, are you looking ahead at any kind of an end game for Stephanie? Do you because now you're starting to see a lot of people that when they stop writing, people you know other people kind of take over the series with them and this and that. Do you have any idea about? Are you just going to let this roll until it rolls? Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying doing it. I see mm-hmm. no reason to, and the fans seem to be, um, you know, with me and liking mm-hmm. it. And um, and and Shane is very supportive. 
I would love to see this go to television. I mean, it's just killing me that there's not yeah, Stephanie that, on television. And there's television. only 85,000 television sites that are streaming their own content now that you would figure somebody could pick it up. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so, um, well, it's sitting with Sony right now. And okay. so, I don't know. Um, I imagine, you know, that somewhere around, you know, 2.30 L.A. time, with Shane and his boxer shorts at home and a, and a can of diet soda is trying to figure out how to do take Stephanie to television. I don't know, but um, but I, I have no I have no intention of stopping anytime soon. She's, well, did you like the? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was yeah, going to no, ask go if you like the Catherine Heigl movie. Did you like what they did with Catherine Heigl with with your character? You know, I thought Catherine Heigl was great. I mean, mm-hmm. she she couldn't she, you know, I, she had uh, she couldn't catch a break. Uh, she was at a very difficult time in her career. You know, the press was against her. She had, um, you know, she had made some choices um, in you know professionally that weren't popular. And then she came along and, you know, she did this movie. And I think it was a very um, hard um, place for her. I actually thought she did a great job. I thought she made an amazing Stephanie. She put that wig on and and she was Stephanie. I thought that the production um, was a little lacking. I would have done it a little differently. Um, (laughs) You know, and it's strange. Like when I think about that movie, whenever... I reimagine a scene in the movie. I always see it in black and white. It just, it didn't seem to have color, you know? I wanted to have, I wanted to have, you know, more kick-ass music. I, I wanted, um, it was, it was a little, um, dark for me. But I thought, but I thought, um, I thought Catherine Heigl did a great job. Mm-hmm. Well, you're leading to my question, actually, um, which is, so let's say the, that Sony activates, and they should, their contract with you, and they say, okay, you're going to cast Stephanie. So first thing I would do if I were you is uh, keep her away from cars, but second, who would you cast? You know, I don't, I don't, have, um, I don't have anyone right now. I keep having people, and then, you know, the years pass, and it would be, you know, like Sandra Bullock was always the perfect Stephanie. She was a, she would have been a good. She she popped into my head when he said that. But then I was like, yeah. you're right. Yeah. She's a little older now. You need to find yeah. that 25 year old Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's um. So I haven't I haven't really um I haven't really got anyone right now. I think. You know, maybe it's someone that is not, you know, a big name. Maybe, maybe we need a, you know, a casting call. Maybe it's, uh, you know, someone that hasn't been discovered yet. Well, would you I, like I, to be like more involved in the whole process more than you were with with the movie? Yes. Well, I was not involved. I was like right, the and that's what a lot of people don't movie. realize. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people think yeah. that. Oh well. You know, the movie, you know, whether they like the movie or not, let's say they didn't like the movie that much, you're like, oh, well, Janet screwed up the movie. Why couldn't she just do both? It's like, people, do you honestly think that she's sitting there in the writing room and doing, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they did not want to have anything to do with me. I'm not, I'm not sure why. I think 
um, maybe there's this idea about authors, you know, being difficult and, you know, not maybe. wanting to see their, their, you know, characters reimagined. I don't know. But um, I was not allowed on the set. No one talked to me. I, it, it wow. Was, you weren't even allowed yes. on the set? No, it was very painful. It was it was really painful because I had waited so long, and I was so excited about it finally happening. And then, um, but when it was all done, they were very nice to me. You know, yeah, they invited you to the premiere, and you got to go. Yes, yeah, and uh, you know, I became friends with Gary Lucchese, um, who you know I'm still friends with. I think he's a great guy, Um, and you know, and it, it worked out okay. In the end, um, if, True. if I was doing another project, yeah, I'd like to be involved, and I would be involved in however much anyone wanted me to be. I mean, needless to say, my, I'm, I'm basically, you know, a novel writer, and I don't have time to sit there writing dailies. But, um, you know, but I would always be involved to consult, and, and I have done right. television projects where I've actually written spec scripts and gone in and pitched and and i like that because i'm like i'm really a big ham it's like being on stage you know you get to <laughs> go in and pitch a script and yeah i you know i, I kind of like it and and you know the other person um that i always thought um, would make a great stephanie was anna kendrick oh, oh yeah yes. that's another good right? one yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always thought she'd make a great stephanie and then we could do stephanie the musical <laughs> I'm 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 buying my ticket now. There you go. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? You wouldn't that help be amazing? score the music. You can get Daniel Palmer to help score the music, and you know, yeah, make this a yeah. whole author affair. Oh, oh, it would be big. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Wasn't it? Was it, did did Moon, Moonlighting made a musical at the end? Didn't they? I think they the made. A, I think show? one of their. I think they did a musical within their series. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And then they Brilliant. had, and of course, then they had them sleep together, and then it was all just a dream. But by that time, the show just kind of was over at that point. But yeah. Oh, after after they did it, I was done. I was like, yeah, oh, why am I watching this anymore? And yeah. then they tried to make it like it was a dream, and I'm like, really? Come on. You kn- so yeah, you know you no. screwed up. So now you're trying to unfix it, but you can't undo that. You already did it. You can't. You can't. The series it was yeah. over. It was all done. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you know, and I had. I have that same problem, you know, with Stephanie. It's like, how do you uh-huh. how do you walk it back? I mean, after can, three years, I know that's years, the problem. Yeah, after three years, it was like so unrealistic that you know this this thirty year old woman was not going to you know have sack time with this you know handsome guy. So, um, and but then after you do it, you're like, oh God, what? Where do you go from here? What's next? Yeah. So That's so that was then I then I brought in you know Ranger just to complicate things, <laughs> and and then and then and then after she did it with Ranger I was like oh man I'm really screwed now now I haven't got anything left. Yeah, now now you do another one or yeah then it's just like okay that's when you write into the corner and you're like now I got to get out of the corner. Yeah, well, I'm I curious. Can't, I can't fans. bring a third guy in because then she would just yeah you can do a third guy then it just starts looking <laughs> yeah. like an orgy. Yeah, yeah she would <laughs> be a slut. <laughs> who do your fans so lean to? Yeah. Who do your fans um, lean to in terms of who they want her to end up with? It is pretty much fifty-fifty. 
Oh, it's really? interesting. I was and they yeah. yeah, and they and they come out to signings, and you know they have like half of them are dressed in black, you know, like with ranger shirts, <laughs> and um, and and the ones in the ones that are the Joe people are um, usually a little bit more sane than the ranger people. You know, they're um, they're they're a little they're you know they're more mellow. They they come with the kids, the family, the but but it, yeah, it's you got you got to capitalize on that. You got to do like a little Twilight thing and have like Team Ranger and Team Joe and kind of capitalize on that and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for years when we were trying to grow the audience, we had this um, store going. We had this online store going, and people were able to buy Ranger shirts and Joe shirts, you know, and Ranger hats and Joe hats, and um, and and everybody thought I had this like you know big thing. It was like the store was in my garage, right? <laughs> And we would be sitting there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, everybody stuffing T-shirts and bags, you know, and rushing out to the post office. And, That's how it works. Yeah. Well, well, Jen, I tell you, we have, we have kind of blown through the time here. It's been absolutely fabulous to have you on. So real quick, so Ivanovich.com is the best place for everyone to find out all of your information, and I know that you have all of your social media and everything linked to your site. So that would be the best place? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think it's a good place to start, Ivanovich.com. Okay. Yeah, you got everything up there, and I know, and you have some events. Um, I know, but now, you going to have anything after uh, November 14th? Um, no, going I'm, to, are, I'm Are you going there. to any conferences or anything, or no? Uh, no, I'm not, because okay. um, they, you know, they let me out of the room too often, and then the books don't get done. Oh yeah, and right. and then you know so so mostly I'm I'm locked in this office and they throw bags of Cheetos in at me, and okay. um, they're letting they're letting me out for four four days. I have four cities that I'm going to. I'm going to Scottsdale, okay. Kansas City, Dallas, and um, Orlando, and then I'm back in the room, you know, because okay. you know the other thing in is the if, shirt. Um, yeah, in the well only you know some days and then some days. I'm Joe. I'm wearing the Joe you shirt. You could have Ranger shirt. You could have the Ranger shirt and the Joe pants. I mean, either way, you can fifty fifty. That's that's true. That 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 would be that would be pretty strange. Yes, that's, we do, won't even get know. into that. Yeah, I don't. That's oh, yeah. a little kinky. You know, I don't. That's I don't true. Know if that's, that's true. Yeah, that's, you don't not, change, that's yeah. not a family situation. You already did that, your romance that, books. <laughs> You're not in yeah, the romance. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah, that would be another series. That would. Yeah. That, yeah. That would. Yeah. We have to call Harlequin on that one, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. It could be fun. It could be. (laughs) Absolutely, you could play on that. I know. See, you guys are giving me ideas. This this could be the the next time I'm on your podcast. It could be a whole other thing. It could be Fifty Shades of Stephanie or something. Exactly. See, that's what you do when you get two guys. When you get two guys on a podcast, we just start going in directions that you never thought was going to happen. Did you? I apologize in advance. Oh God! He always yeah, has to apologize for me, but I got good I, ideas. I I could look forward to it. I I like your ideas. I'll be I'll be thinking about you. You never know. When well, I Janet, have my hey. glass of wine, when I have my glass of wine tonight, I'll be saying, you know, those two guys, they were pretty. They were they had good ideas. They knew what the hell they were talking about. Yeah. See? Yeah. Right. Well, I hope we not, might be but. crazy, 
but even a blind squirrel gets a nut now and then. So you just got to remember that. Okay. All right. I'm not even going to follow up on that one. There you go. Well, hey, Janet, we want to thank you so much for coming out. It's been absolutely fabulous to talk to you about, of course, the latest book um, in the Plum Series. So everyone, you have to go out and get it. It is Twisted 26, the last numbered book in the series. So the next one uh, will be out next year around the same time. So, again, Janet, thank you so much for coming on. It has been absolutely fabulous. Wishing nothing but the best. And we will talk with you soon, hopefully. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.